0: everybody and welcome back to the dm's book club your favorite place for random ramblings about anything to do with role playing and normally dungeons and dragons i am ryan it's a pleasure to be here because today with my co-host we are dealing with some very intriguing unearthed arcana which i'm actually i mean this was quite exciting but before we get into
1: that it's fiona hello hello i am less exciting than the unearthed arcana but hello i'm here too
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, it's it's all very exciting these days. this is a fantastic pick. But before we get into that, how are you? Are you okay?
1: I am doing very well, Ryan. As uh, as we're saying off camera, uh, it's been a very busy week. Going back into the office briefly and stuff, and it's getting up to building that confidence to go back out and stuff like that. Turns out nobody else is going out, so it's great. So I, <laughs> I had the office all to myself. So I had music on. I WhatsApp to my mother, and it was all you know. It's all been really lovely on a Friday as well. Nobody disturbs me. Nobody comes yeah. around and, and does that thing where like, oh, could could you look at my computer? No one does that because nobody's in, and it's great. And I got I got so much work done as a result.
0: Oh, Yeah exactly like my work was having a very similar thing not this lockdown but previous like last summer when things were opening again Mm -hmm. and there was this argument banding around where nobody was really in the office so people who did come into the office as you say you've got all the space you've got all the freedom and it's all brilliant so the office using that as the pitch the office is really empty come in you can get loads of stuff done and i was thinking no no you don't get it i like coming in because you're not in If yeah. you start coming in I don't want to come in anymore Exactly <laughs> like, I- There's yeah, nothing to do with COVID And just purely because I don't like really seeing you So actually This is great for me
1: It's very interesting Because obviously Where I work Is a high, a high education institution And they are like um, it's, Everything is very Like there's hand sanitizers Everywhere There's social distancing Everywhere Like on the rooms They have like Max capacity Three people So you're like Brilliant But then you get the people Who are like Oh it's fine Just just come in And I'm like No no there's a there's a big sign there that says no like you know and it's i, I can imagine as it gets closer and closer to september certainly for us it is going to be more people coming in and say oh it's fine we we don't like meeting at our desks on teams and i'm like no i'm gonna sit here because i can get work done at the same time as i'm in a, a dull meeting yep. which i don't need yep. to be a part of you know so. exactly
0: exactly oh no it's going to be interesting seeing how many people want to just jump back into normality and how others are going to be a lot more safe and cautious and and well I mean, in Britain, it's interesting because they're now talking about whether or not they're going to keep some of the social distancing rules when everything reopens or I not. I saw that, say. yeah. Whether they do or not will be interesting because if they don't, I imagine people will come in and say, I don't have to wear a mask anymore and we'll be hugging and invading space and all these sort of things, which for some people is great and it's exactly what they want to do. And for others, it's going to be like, mm, I don't
1: know, actually. Yeah. I, I, like, I like my work colleagues, but for me, it's sitting in my office, it's like, okay, I'm done now. It's after five our friendship is done because I don't need you anymore. I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, I don't know. I know it's different workspaces are different, but I was like, my work is definitely separate from all my other bits of life. So I find it really interesting. When people, go, Oh yeah. yeah. Cause then we can go and socialize and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but that's only when it is a work problem. I can go to someone who exactly. knows it in context, you know? I've like- heard that
0: argument so often. Do you not miss the socializing and getting out and seeing people and everything? And I'm like, I guess some people really enjoy that, but I'm very lucky in the sense that having been separated from work colleagues for so long, I don't miss socializing with them at all because they're work colleagues. Like I, I have so many, I'm lucky to have so many friends that keep me terrifically busy in life that it's, it's like, I don't, these guys are like our work colleagues. I I talk to them because I have to, it's contractually obliged that I get (laughs) on with the people I work with and I don't want to throttle them every time I see them. Like, it's just one of those things do i miss going to the pub yes do i miss going to the pub with my work colleagues quite frankly no no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah don't don't you want to socialize yes with my actual friends (laughs) and i'm going to do that on zoom like right now
0: (laughs) yeah 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 don't you miss after work being a Obliged to travel to some sort of work event that kind of crosses over something your friends were doing, which was way much more fun, but you have to go to the work thing and you sit there and you're there about two hours longer than you need to because leaving early is socially awkward and pints are about £6.25 because they're going to some sort of central pub that is easy for people to commute to Mm -hmm. and the work credit card never gets passed around as much as it should do. So you end up having to buy drinks and and you're suddenly 50 quid down and because you've got some rent. In and nobody else is getting it, and yeah. you're like,
1: Ugh. and you're not happier for it. You're not like this is fifty no. quid well spent on stuff. And I, I, the loss of the regret of not being with your friends. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, my my wife is currently reading a book on the scientific stuff behind being an introvert. And ah. it's really, really interesting because like all of these lockdown things have happened. Like we realized like my wife and I, we are just so introverted compared to other people. Yeah. And it's just like, no, I don't need to go out. Actually, I'm really social and I love my friends, but work colleagues? No, I'm just. No, this is, Solid. This is... What I would prefer to be doing, quite frankly, yeah. is studying at some multi-branched magical university of higher education.
1: You can't see it, but I'm doing a hand wave to go like seamless. (laughs) Seamless,
0: Absolutely seamless. seamless. And we're going to dive into not just Unearthed Arcana, but wait for it, recent Unearthed Arcana as well. Shock horror. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Thee, what are we doing?
1: So as you rightly pointed out, what's the one thing we have always loved as as nerds, as as children who've grown up on books, we have loved Harry Potter. We Harry loved Potter. magic. I was definitely a kid that waited for my letter to go to Hogwarts. All that sort of jazz. And people, you know, when you say to someone like, "What house were you?" and people go, "Oh, I don't know," you go, "Well, you didn't read Harry Potter, so s- screw you." You know, like <laughs> all that sort of thing. You know, and oh, heads up, I'm a Slytherin. So
0: I know. I, know. I, I remember waiting for my invite as well. Oh. It was awful. Sorry, this is real, like interrupting you. But I I, I reached. I was reading one. And two and three And I think I was about Ten or eleven When it was coming out So it was right On that time God sorry That's unearthed Terrible memories for me Of like pain And damn you wizards (laughs) I would have been brilliant Sorry continue Damn you wizards
1: Yeah absolutely But and and that's the thing So we've There's always been I think certainly for us In the last decade Two or maybe two decades now Well um Harry Potter phenomenon, like the idea that magic exists in the real world and there are schools where you can go and train up to be, and that wizards and witches live side by side in the real life, and that's been really cool. Obviously in recent years it's become a little bit problematic in certain areas because uh, a certain author just keeps saying stuff and you're like, "Mm, okay, but the idea, the concept of an education system where magic is taught is still one that people really cling to. And I think certainly in role-playing games, sort of like, like in d d certainly, there's like, well, of course, you have these uh, wizards, you have sorcerers, you have people who are magically trained, but there's doesn't certainly currently, there isn't necessarily like a, well, I'm sure there is actually in the Forgotten Realms, there are universities, or there's uh, certainly libraries where you can study these things and you have like, a, mm-hmm. uh, like disciplines, I guess, or like a, you have conclaves where you can go and teach them, you are chosen. But mm-hmm. what if you could have a university type setting with magic involved. And this is what the Unearthed Arcana is. It's called Mages of Strixhaven. It is actually incredibly recent. There is a Magic the Gathering set that came out in March of this year called Strixhaven. And it is a whole setting about a magical university with five colleges. It uses a college system, which is great. That's very That feels very mm-hmm. British, so I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and it's set on the world of, and I'm going to get this wrong, I think it's set on the world of um, Okay whereby, you know, people who want to learn magic in certain ways and obviously are from certain uh, classes. So you've got your wizards, sorcerers, warlocks, bards, uh, druids, to an extent, I think, as well, can go to these places and learn certain types of magic based in one of the five colleges. So I thought today we'll go through each of the colleges, because there's five of them, as I just said. So the colleges are designed for characters who who, deli- oh, who dedicate themselves, not dedicate themselves, <laughs> uh, dedicate themselves to one of the paths of magic practiced at Strix haven the university
0: you know i did not realize it was a magic the gathering world that it makes sense i i, I they obviously there's a huge amount of crossover between magic the gathering and dungeons and dragons these days lots of books that have sort of combined the two and it seems to be a pretty good cross of the world but i read this without any knowledge of magic the gathering at all and what i really liked about this whole after darkana is that you take Strixhaven out of context and you don't need any of this you know the context around it and you could even change the name you can you can change the settings you can you can use the rules without having to put the actual context behind them into it so i quite enjoyed that It definitely can be taken as like a a wholly separate piece of an after Arcana that you can fit into any sort of thing Yeah, the five colleges sounds really, really cool. And I have to say the whole premise behind this on Earth Darkana is definitely something we haven't really seen before Mm -hmm. from the sort of sad mechanical side of things that you look at behind it. It it, it is, I mean, this is really interesting stuff, actually.
1: So there is going to be a proper source book for Strixhaven coming out at... Earlier, earlier this year? Later this year. But you can tell it, You can tell it's still <laughs> very time, early. We,
0: we skipped forward when we filmed these podcasts so that yeah. we're, we're ever present.
1: I assume it's going to be make one of the cornerstones of Strixhaven, a curriculum of chaos, which is coming out later this year. And it's interesting Ooh. right now, Wizards, as, as we probably have found out on this podcast, they pump out quite a few books a year, which mm-hmm. is great for us in terms of content. At the same time, they announced like another book called The Wild Beyond the Witch Flight, which is all about the Fey Wild and stuff. And when we did the uh, the races or the lineages from the, the Fey folk, folks of the Fey Wild, sorry, that was probably gonna come out in there. So Mages of Strixhaven coming out before the actual Strixhaven book. I guess they're just trying to check out and well, it is test play material. So they're trying out these whole things before they it actually becomes realized. Like this year, like they don't have that much time. I think it's gonna be like November-ish when this comes mm-hmm. out. So it's I mean, it's it's I guess it's interesting. They're doing play stuff now and we can already see where it's gonna come in the book. It's not like, oh, this just trying this out for now, just doing some tweaks and balances, say, for example, with uh, the Ranger subclass. So obviously, we had the Unearthed Arcana, but it hasn't been An official update to the player's handbook per se. They've got the errata and stuff, but not like here's a newly revised player's handbook with the with the Rangers classic. As far as I'm aware, I'm sure I'm gonna get some angry person on the internet saying, it's this book here. (laughs) I've not got it. So but yeah, it's really interesting that there's, I guess, because they make maybe getting more writers on board or have all these ideas in the works like more and more, maybe maybe being at home, they've got more time to write. I don't know. It's that sort of thing where all this stuff is coming out. And I I sort of love being able to read about it And think, ooh, how could this work But I don't know when we'd play this at all mm. We'd have to be a group that always does One-shots perhaps and try it out Because, yeah. As I've discovered, loads of people seem to have like Campaigns happening at least three to four times A week, probably right now because of the pandemic I don't know how I could keep So many stories or so many character options in my head And mm. certainly with Majors of Strickhaven There's so much to each of the classes Which is great, I think like There's so much variety and so much flavour that you can put into it So, mm. yeah I, I guess just putting it out there for playtesting, hoping that someone will play test it, because people people do that sort of thing. But yeah, for me, yeah. I, I guess because I'm more of a I'm more of a long form, long campaign person. You what know about the story, man? Story. You know, like the experience. <laughs> I
0: totally get you. That seems to be the way we play, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think if you're a one-shotter, then any OF Dakana is a really good thing because you've got all the opportunities to dive in a little bit i guess the other way you could look at it is from a dm's point of view it's an opportunity to throw npcs and other new parts of your of your world at the players and test them in that way so Mm -hmm. you could maybe have npcs traveling with or with you know against the party that that are displaying these skills just to see Mm -hmm. if it works from that point of view but yeah you're right it has to definitely There is so much option for you now. When you take all the source books and you take all the Unearthed Arcana, it would take thousands of hours to play a one-shot with every single option available to you. And if you start putting races and stuff in, it would probably take millions of hours. I mean, mathematically, I have no idea how many combinations there are now, but it must be exponentially increasing dramatically. It's funny you say that about all the books, actually, because I distinctly remember when 5th edition was released, they made a big point of saying there was going to be less... Books this time round so that more People bought them they were worried about The oversaturation of providing Too many books that people then wouldn't Buy mm-hmm. because there were so many Of them and I I don't know if They're still officially going down that whether this Is deemed to be less books or not but I swear there are many more than I Was expecting
1: oh yeah I mean I've, Obviously like I'm recording in my bedroom I have A different bookcase with the d d books and then Just looking at d d beyond yeah there's, there's like Four columns and they're separated Into source books and adventures and stuff like it's it's yeah like I, I guess obviously where, where things are going now like d d is such a, a huge market. d d is making the most money for Hasbro it has done in years because people mm. are picking up the hobby and stuff and I think they're like well we're just gonna have a book for everything so like obviously we had uh, Icewind Dale Rhyme of the Frostmaven which is like oh well, you've got your your horror uh icy bit or, or we've also got Dragon Heist so you've got a, a fun city heist about you know you've always books out so maybe it's like trying to signpost like hey you can choose whatever you want. Here are some ideas. Mm. But I think, like me, I'm sure you're the same, where we're like, but, but we want all the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> We're just going to collect it and we'll read it. Coming
0: increasingly difficult. I'm just having a look around. I've got probably 15 or 16 books now, and I'm pretty sure I have less than half of the books the, uh, the, at least in, in sort of Wizards of the Coast Like hardback edition releases So mm-hmm. yeah uh, This Unearthed is gonna I mean, oh my god If I, I, I print all the Unearthed Arcana I'm one of these really old-fashioned people I have to physically print it Yeah, you're the same, I know Because my eyes don't work and screens are bright and all this sort of rubbish. Trying to look at
1: something else that's not under the screen. So, yes, absolutely. I know.
0: I like scribbling on things and I get told off for scribbling in my books. So I decided
1: that... Yeah, that's different though. Uh (laughs)
0: It's not different. It's my DM's book. If I want to underline things, I can.
1: Right. Anyway, shall I tell you about the colleges? (laughs) I think you should before we get angry.
0: Tell Uh us about the colleges of Strixhaven.
1: Right. So there, as I said, there were sort of five different colleges. And it's interesting, they, each of them specialised in a different, uh, different kind of magic or different sort of visual art of magic. And it's not what you think. Again, when we're thinking about the, sort of the Harry Potter analogy of Hogwarts, you have stuff like, oh, history of magic. You've got potions, you've got transfiguration, all that sort of thing. Here, it's sort of, it is more vague which is great, because then you can mould your character into these things. So uh, we'll go through them. So the first one is Lawhold, uh, dedicated to the pursuit of history by conversing with ancient spirits and understanding the whims of time itself. Which is an incredible, like, again, if you've, been wa- if you've been watching like Loki recently or um, like me, Doctor Who, it has all that sort of vibe. It has that sort of.
0: Doctor Who was immediately what sprung to my mind, but crossed with some sort of seance or mm. or sort of like somebody that l- speaks with the dead and the ghosts and things. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So here we've got mages of Law Hold are particularly concerned with the forces that underline and drive history. Draws inspirations from scholars and adventurers of old, they manifest the arcane power of the past through ethereal dioramas and fantastical battle prowess. And in my head, I have this image because, again, I, it only happened to me once, but when I went for my interview at Oxford, being in a, a, one of the old professor's rooms being interviewed, and there's just books everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you like you had to sit carefully on a broken chair because there's just so many books, and you feel like if you moved one of them, they would all pile down. And that's what the image I get here, like a very old room just full of books that are just everywhere, spilling out over things, yeah. smoking, uh, just, just dust maybe a little bit, but it's all like again it's that sort of picturesque like the knowledge is contained here everything you need to know is here in these books yeah
0: yeah incidentally i'm i'm currently reading at the moment a book called the midnight library which is Ooh. going around at the moment oh, yeah. everybody's sort of likes very similar to the visualization just books upon books and endless uh, endless arrays of knowledge and paths. yeah exactly mm. now I, I get that
1: so let's, let's just start just diving in. So again, what's great with all these subclasses is that for this one, for certainly the law hold one you've got, this is for particularly bards, warlocks, and wizards subclasses. Yeah. And it does a whole thing at the beginning saying like, it is only, you can only take one subclass per time you do this. So if you are multiclassing, you can only choose one of these, which makes sense because otherwise you'd be super overpowered if you are a bard who then became a wizard perhaps. Mm-hmm. And certainly with this one, it's all about, like I was sort of saying, like the words, history and using that. So looking at it at first level, you get uh, spells. So you get stuff like comprehend languages, which again, makes sense. And all the spells you get uh, later on. So you got stuff like locate object, uh, speak with the dead, stone shape, Legend law, that sort of thing. It all feels very, it's all along a particular theme. So there's all sort of academic researching, like way things work and sort of that almost preciseness of things work. Like I, I can imagine certainly with Stone Shape and Spirit Guardians and Arcane Eyes about searching and finding things whereas also having a sort of necrotic element which is not necessarily necrotic i guess
0: mm. so less undead and more sort of ghosts of the past sort of thing ancient spirits and stuff actually the one thing that i immediately noticed when i look through this and i think it tags into what you what you mentioned before about how these subclasses work and it is the fact that this subclass works for three different classes bard's yeah warlocks and wizards all of these have options that go into multiple classes and the way it makes that work is fascinating because you can actually see them breaking down exactly how D works mm-hmm. in mathematically because clearly there must be a, a mathematical formula that actually makes the game work in terms of these levels these things happen these are the damage dice progression these are the spell level progressions and all this sort of stuff and yeah it, immediately you see Level one plus is the thing. So you may not get it at level one; you may get it at level three, depending on whether you're a bard or a wizard or you know whatever it might be or a mm-hmm. warlock. And it, it's it's amazing it just how they put it together. I I just I love it. It's it's very very clever how mm. they put it together. But you're right; it is all very hunting secrets that the lost dusty tome and and the seance and uh and discovering things that are happening before. I, I, I do get a huge flavor of this sort of. This sort of like the theme they're bringing on this one. It's it's very vivid, I think.
1: I've seen it on streams before where you want to see like the academic adventurer, I guess, where they are, you know, they're running about, uh, they're trying to find, you know, I must find a library. That's sort of Da Vinci Code S, like trying to find information, but it's more suited maybe to role play rather than combat. Here, it feels like you actually have something which combines the two of them really well. And I, I've just got to say this my favorite. Favourite part of this whole document is, of course, ancient companion. I love a good companion. I knew you'd like that. I knew you would. So in this one, you learn to call on the spirits of the ancient dead and then house them temporarily in the the remnants of old statues so that they may remain on this plane longer to bolster your studies and aid you in battle. So the idea that you call up a spirit of some sort, but then put them in a a statue nearby... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which which can then walk. Because that was my thing. i was like, well, are they just stuck in a statue whilst you're there? No, they could walk. They can move on aid and stuff. So again, I in my head, I had this idea of like a, a weeping angel type character. So unnerving, but it's ultimately helpful, almost like a like a K9 type thing. Like, oh, absolutely, let me help you with this. But with the ancient companion, what's really cool is that they've kind of mixed in sort of obviously companions. We've got stuff like, um, I can't remember the subclass now, but obviously rangers have that animal companion. Mm-hmm. Um, artifices can make their own that's also sort of homunculus and also uh, like the battlesmith can make their own sort of companion there. This one combines with stuff we've seen before in Tasha's, the idea of uh, a sidekick. So you can have three types companion they're not necessarily built for battle so you've got like a healer a sage or a warrior and every time you create your ancient companion you can choose what they are and I quite like that because then you could choose it for your Your uh, situation per se. So, like for example, the healer gets some different actions. You can uh, what was it? Healer's light. The companion chooses a creature within 15 feet of itself, and it flares with an invigorating light, and they gain temporary hit points. Uh, Warriors get this cool reaction where they can, you know, impose themselves in front of uh, another creature to protect them and get disadvantage on the roll. And yeah, it's just it's all this sort of thing where you can add all the stuff into it, and again, making it more customizable for the player, because I can imagine them describing like oh i'm going to use this kind of statue and then choosing the sort of subclass for that statue on that so mm. the, the customization of this is incredible i think just the way down to the details it's just yeah great i love it
0: it is it is i think personally they'll get rid of the whole statue thing and it will be more of a you create or summon a spectral or, or you manifest something afterwards because i can imagine the dm being like uh, actually there are no statues around and they're deciding in the playtest that this is going to be something they wipe out but you're right it is like an animal companion from the rangers or an artificer sort of annual i, I love it the but the idea of a bard or a, or a warlock with an animal companion is just amazing and i think we've learned a lot of lessons in how these companions work compared to if you imagine how the ranger one started and the beast master was just mm. derided and, and said that this terrible class that you'd never ever pick because it didn't scale very well and then they had to revisit it in unearthed arcana and all these sort of things and I I, yeah, I can see them just. I mean, it just seems to be a much better version of, of that. It's also to do with progression dice with your proficiency, and it's to do with times and by your level. And yeah, I like it. It's, it's really really useful. And as you say, being able to tweak the companion to the to the situation seems to be really really cool and as then actually as you go through the Mm. companions give you more and more abilities as you go so lessons of the past was quite interesting because this one level six plus gives you know different options as well
1: You learn how to better listen, which is great And take heart, the teachings of history So if you choose a healer for your ancient companion uh, Your hit point maximum increases the amount of that level in that class A sage, you have advantage on ability checks using certain skills And you can deal damage, an additional d8 damage uh, Force damage to a creature uh, that uses a spell slot, I think Yeah, Uh, if you damage a creature with a spell slot, so that's really cool And a warrior, if you use your action to cast a cantrip You can make one weapon attack as part of that action Action, which is pretty again at getting more attacks in that's always very good uh, yeah, but that, I, that
0: I, reminds me of the i think there's a, a fighter is that the um the arcane fighter what is it called it was so. in the first book i totally lost my train of thought but you <laughs> used to be able to do the same thing make a action you can cast a cantrip or like cantrip and then you get to do a weapon attack spell you get to do a weapon attack all that sort of thing interesting again they don't mention that being as a reaction or as a bonus action so i could see that stacking very nicely very accidentally well with other things But um, yeah
1: It does say right at the bottom of that Saying if you bond with a new ancient companion You lose these benefits So again it's that sort of thing With a little bit of admin Between long rest If you go actually I want to change my I, I wish to dismiss my ancient companion And call up someone else You've got to make sure you you switch these things off so that's the only thing that, Which I, is completely fair you then have something called War Echoes when you get to level 10+, plus, where you're pulling from the magic of the past. You can cause your enemy's old wounds to resonate anew. Or what does that mean? I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> so you once per turn, when a creature you see hits a target with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to force them to make a wisdom saving throw against your spells save saves DC. On a failure, your target becomes vulnerable to one damage type dealt by the attack. Mm -hmm. So that can be really interesting if they're doing damage and stuff And then they are now vulnerable to that If you're able to, if one of your other uh, party members has got that damage They then know that So being able to sort of expose and take advantage of these weaknesses As a reaction, Mm -hmm. which is pretty good And you can do that a number of times equal your proficiency bonus uh, Which you regain on a long rest So you could do it up to, you're going up the levels at least five times at certain points so
0: i think at this point if you're level 10 plus you'd be plus four proficiency so four times effectively and that stacks with huge i mean if you imagine a paladin coming along and using some huge smite and somebody's like actually now you're vulnerable to radiant damage." damage It could be ridiculous, especially combined with critical hits as well I always thought that the path of the grave cleric was Mm. a very similar sort of thing You know, that sort of idea You do get to save against it, which is the only thing But still, still
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's a legendary uh, creature as well Obviously they can use up a save on that Or they'll probably have high enough modifier to get over it But still, like, it's a good little thing to constantly try and expose that weakness over and over again which i yeah really quite like and then you have history's whims war well again i love how all of these things are very you know poetic and sort of evocative of these sort of titles that you've got so through steeping yourself in the chaotic whims of history you learn how to briefly child the wild nature of time itself
0: tiny whiny
1: so as a bonus action you can enter what's called a state of is it chronal? Chronal yeah. chaos? I, I don't know.
0: Chronal chaos. Oh, I, oh that's, that's a phrase. I love that one. You've got to go to the doctors,
1: doctors to see that one, I think. Um, yep. Uh, at the start of each of your turns, of each of the subsequent turns, whilst in the state, you gain one of the following benefits. And this is really interesting. You have sort of three different benefits of luck, resistance, and swiftness and you have that benefit for that turn, and you can't pick it again for the next turn, but you could just easily switch between the two. So one is luck. So you receive brief flashes of the future, stealing yourself against oncoming assaults. Uh, When you make a saving throw against an effect, you can roll a d6 and add that number to the total. So you have that little bit of extra oomph against something. So if you can see someone is throwing out sort of ranged magic spells, or is, is doing certain things with magic which require saving throws, that's pretty useful, certainly at higher levels. You then have resistance. You can rewind time knitting together injuries as they occur. Ah, you get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage. That's pretty cool at level 14. You you know, you, you can probably, you probably have magical weapons yourself. You know, you've got your plus ones, mm-hmm. whatever, but having, being sort of not even invulnerable, but sort of being sort of resisting quite a bit of common damage Per turn is pretty good, Mm -hmm. again, depending on the fight. And then finally, swiftness. Time stutters, slowing others, but hurting you forwards. Your movement speed increases by 15 feet and you don't provoke opportunity attacks. So you can easily get out of situations if you're in trouble. And having all three of these and then being able to sort of, at the beginning of your turn, work out which one you're doing as a bonus action, it can really change the battlefield. certainly if you're playing, what have we got? We've got um, Bards, Warlocks and Wizards wizards and warlocks don't necessarily have high armor class no. so being able to get out of the way and not get opportunity attacks on them i don't think there's any way that they would be able to do that without using an action before you know disengaging mm. i think it's the yeah, only class
0: that unless does you that. you spelled your way out of it with misty step or expeditious retreat or something like that but you're right it, it definitely is it's a really useful thing any spellcaster with movement related things it just helps you stay alive which is basically the wizard's Number one problem, and even with warlocks and bards, is an incredibly useful sort of yeah state of buffs that you can give yourself. It's it's a really interesting one. I, it sort of seems, seems to be this sort of mix of defensive, offensive, and then also you know companion based skills. Effectively, that I don't know. It seems it seems really nice. I quite like this one. I could see myself playing it.
1: Yeah, I can see myself playing this as well. Again, that idea of having it came, it came in Tasha's. There was the idea of the expert sidekick, person that's not necessarily built for fighting, but is the academic on the journey with you, the librarian and such thing. I can see this being as someone who is capable as a as a, a warrior in some way, but has the know-how, the knowledge and uses that from around them going, oh, I love a good book. And just feels a, well, more, a more well-rounded character, a well-rounded character. Can't even use my language well today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think everything about this class I, it really it really spoke to me. Uh, it's the sort of thing I would have loved to play. Like, I think once we first started out playing D&D, just the idea of like, oh, I want to be a part of a magic university with these colleges. This seems like the perfect sort of like, what's the word? A trope, I guess, of a student at a magic college or something mm-hmm. like that, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like books? Do you like
0: messing with time? Do you like speaking with the companions of a long dead people? Then this is for you. Come yeah. to come to the college and we'll ah oh, no, I, I can totally see that. Absolutely. It's <laughs> it definitely like it looks really really cool.
1: Enough about stuffy offices, books and more books. Let me tell you about another college, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I I'm if, if it's going to be as good as that one, then it will be fantastic i'm looking forward to
1: it we've done the books we've done we've done that sort of stuffy law what about just being creative
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is i mean i'm looking forward to this one like tell me how, how would i be creative in a wizarding school
1: so there is the college of prismari i see this as the art department have gone a bit mental I've used all the brushes and maybe maybe painted with the, the paints that have gone off. I don't know. Essentially, you use this sort of an elemental energy to express who they are and how they see the world. It is very visual. To them, magic and motion are one and the same, and having this sort of exhibitions of raw creativity in which masterpieces are made. I've been around creatives long enough to go, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like my magic is fabulous
0: and swishing large hand movements, and yeah, yeah, like there's there's sort of different films and different books have different styles of using magic. But this is yes. I always this seems like big power poses and yes. large hand sweeping movements and swishing capes and pointlessly long wands and all this sort of thing.
1: Yes, definitely the word dazzling springs out to me. They are comfortable in being sort of the overdramatic, over sort of like power, because that's what they're comfortable in being and this sort of creativity stuff. Like, you, like I can imagine going to an exhibition of someone's artwork and they go, this is just my design. And you look around going, I don't get it at all but I'm very <laughs> happy for you that you you feel confident you know I'm, I'm one of those people now I'm sure I used to be one of these people but I'm now one of those people who goes I, I don't get it but I'm I've got to respect what you're doing but so that's how I see this this sort of this uh, this class it is artists or creatives in that sense and you interestingly enough you've got sort of your druids sorcerers and wizards for this one some interesting things here in terms of what features you get for this class. So at level one, you get proficiency in two skills. So you've got the list of acrobatics, athletics, nature or performance. Uh, so again, being in touch with what's around you and the environment, I'd say. The most interesting one, though, kinetic artistry at level one. You can dash as a bonus action. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Can rogues dash at level one? Or I that-
0: don't think so. I think it's level two.
1: I thought so too. So the fact that you could dash as a bonus action really early on, which just to get you out of things or to move up to something to attack, that's pretty powerful right, straight off the bat, I think. And along with the kinetic artistry, so you got that dash as a bonus action. You, have, you can choose one of the following effects and you've got Boreal Sweep, Scorching Whirl and Thunderlight Jaunt. Great. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And it's just about the way you move in a sense and like what kind of artist or sort of... Uh, elemental forces you're using. So the boreal sweep, ice water swirls around you and until the end of your turn, you can move across the surface of water as if it was harmless solid ground. Maybe quite specific, perhaps, but that's pretty cool The vision of you sort of getting across the river There's some fighting going on on the other side And you need to move closer To get across that river You have to like overtake it or something like that Just so being able to like jump from bit to bit And harmlessly not fall in the water is pretty cool
0: It is really, really cool I love, I just love the idea of anybody running across water And it's freezing underneath them Like that's just, oh it's, it's really, really cool. But equally, it, the, knocking people prone with a strength save is useful regardless of whether or not there's actually a body of water, which is, which is quite cool. I can imagine, well, especially if you were a sort of um, up close and personal sort of spellcaster, you could dash up to somebody, knock them prone, and then attack them whilst they're prone for a bit of advantage, which could be quite useful.
1: Mm, definitely. And then the other ones, you've got the Scorching Swirl, which feels a bit like, I can't remember which one it was now, but the, one of the recent episodes we did There's the idea of moving and you had flames come out of you, almost like Sonic the Hedgehog style. This feels very mm-hmm. similar in that sense that you force a creature, your, your flames wreath your steps. Before the end of your turn, you can force each creature within five feet of you to make a dexterity saving throw against your spell save VC. And catching fire to them in a sense. Uh, Whilst you can't necessarily zip around the map as much as that other feature, which I can't remember the name of, I'm just going to call it the Sonic the Hedgehog feature, Um, (laughs) again, getting people to take damage with fire as you're sort of moving away from them, perhaps, is still pretty good. Like fire is, is a pretty good damage type that most people, unless they're higher levels, aren't resistant to. So that's pretty good. And then Thunderlight Jaunt. You take on a nimble lightning form. Until the end of your turn, you can move through the space of other creatures and you do not provoke opportunity attacks. So that idea that you can just zip through uh, certain things, like past the big ogre onto the other side. That is such a cool thing, I guess, in mm-hmm. the corridor space where you can't necessarily move past people. As, yeah. yeah, I quite like that. Again, that image of that was pretty cool.
0: There's just a flash of light, and suddenly you are the other side of the enemy. And yeah, no, I love it. It's really, really cool. It mm-hmm. just seems to be oh, just all these things. The, the only thing to add to that is that these bonus actions are limited, so you can only use yes. them equal to your proficiency bonus. Again, another way they're bringing proficiency bonuses in terms of to limit things in, but there's a huge amount of ability to sort of blend these abilities in with all of the other skills you might have as part of any of the classes. And I, I just, I have to say, I know we can, you know, wizards can, can take this subclass, but the idea that a druid could do this stuff as well. is yes. really cool. Like, I just love that idea.
1: Yeah, that idea of the sort of the raw elements of it. Well, I say the raw elements, Fire, water, and lightning. Those are the ones that have been some they've sort of like got honed in on, which mm. I think is fine. But I I guess this is the perfect time for like homebrewing if you want to do something a bit different in terms of the raw element, like some maybe so sort of air or I, swear I can't think of any elements. But yeah, you know, like it just feels like these are the three that you can choose from. But with a college like this, it's bound to be someone that does a PhD in frost uh, yeah. <laughs> something specific like again i love the titles of these class features a uh, favored medium again the idea that artists i, I work in in inks and on canvas yeah. here you can hone in the forms of your elemental expression to best suit your ideas which again i'm like oh, if somebody said that to me in a conversation like gross but What's cool about this is that you choose one of the following damage types, so cold, fire, and lightning, and you gain resistance to that damage type. That's just all over until you, if you choose to change it again on a long rest. And additionally, when you cast a spell using a spell slot, that deals that chosen damage type. So if you do a fireball or a firebolt or a ray of frost or anything like that, people within five feet of you in every direction, they uh, get an aura of some sort and they have resistance to that chosen damage, which I guess, Is cool in a way But I feel like I don't know Like if you're fighting Something with fire That then shoots fire Back at you That might not Again it depends I feel like we We've been fighting A lot of fire stuff and I feel like if you fight it with fire It's going to have some resistance to it anyway Perhaps mm. Maybe you wouldn't do that But I don't know I there's, don't know There's it.
0: a lot of stuff in d That's a bit like that And I, I totally get what you mean Like um, Dragonborn and sorcerers Have always had these sort of draconic abilities Where you get resistance to damage types you do But you're right it's, If it's being chucked at you from one direction It might not be as good in the other direction But yeah maybe with spell casting is much more of a sort of generic thing you don't have to be resistant to fire damage to cast fireball d so i guess yeah. that's probably it works well
1: yeah and i'd say as well again I, I had a quick glance through this and i don't think it's only within five feet that aura doesn't necessarily get bigger as you level up is the other thing as well so you have to be staying quite small. close to yeah Yeah, very very small but it's fine. And then sort of we'll quickly go through the last two of those class features. So you've got focus expression. You gain an additional effect determined by your damage time. And you've got, yeah, like I said, cold, fire, and lightning. Cold, you get essentially it's all damage of that type, like a 1d6 damage and something else on top of it. And usually when you when it's cold, it is some sort of freezing thing. So they their movement in some way, uh reduced by 10 feet. That seems mm-hmm. as the same with ray of frost in a way. Fire, they get fire damage, but also gain temporary hit points. I always find that really interesting. Fire is always associated with health in some way and heartiness so you get that temporary hit points on that as well and then lightning 1d6 lightning but also the target is unable to take reactions so that's good as well it stops that sort of uh, attacks of opportunity any sort of shielding mechanism that i might do as well again i'm thinking like wizard duels and stuff like that where they sort of open up that vulnerability and be able to help people get out of that Mm. so yeah very very interesting in that sense
0: yeah there's really really cool things and that is once per turn Mm. Which is which is amazing. So basically all of your spellcasting damage is increased by 1d6, regardless of which point you sort of take, which is very handy for things like cantrips because it doesn't specify, unlike the favored medium, which is mm. you have to spend a, a spell slot. The, the focused expression is anytime you do damage. So I always look at those ones quite excitingly because anytime you do damage is cantrips and you can start combining those with some other cantrip abilities to, to up your cantrip damage pretty considerably. So it's it's always useful that.
1: And then finally impeccable physicality. This I definitely have seen this on the rogue uh like final class feature as well where when you make a dexterity saving throw you can treat the role of a nine or lower as a ten so you can still get out of stuff you are going to succeed on your dexterity saving throws in that sense and I I just like that idea that you know you're just so the way you move the poise that you have just the way you make your superpower pose or whatever you, you just don't you just manage to avoid the sort of area of effects from spells and stuff like that I just quite like that as a as a thing like haha you just so happen to just glide out of the way of an attack it's great <laughs>
0: as a yeah exactly exactly i was like to, they try and use different numbers every time i've seen skills with rogues where it's like a roll of 10 or under is an 11 uh, seven or under is an eight and, and this one is now nine or, or lower is a 10 and you think who, who draws up these arbitrary numbers like oh yes it needs to be good but not quite that good let's let's peg it down a little bit or oh, maybe they just don't remember what they wrote last time and make the yeah. numbers up
1: yeah, they can't be bothered to search the big old D&D Beyond spreadsheets uh, and find where exactly. these things are.
0: But let's say, Fiona, I see all of this creative artistry and this hand-waving and this delight in the elements, and I say, no, I like numbers and books and stone-cold logical calculation. Is there a school for me? Uh, that is number
1: wang. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Quantrix is the college you're looking for, or as I think of it, the college of the Microsoft Excel. Like, yeah,
0: I- Excel class. <laughs> that is the best way I could think about this. This is magic in Excel form.
1: Oh, so this is for sorcerers and wizards, because which makes sense in my head, like the idea that they're computing such high-functioning, like, powerful almost um, equations in the head no one else has time for because they're the only ones that find it interesting Isn't that the thing where there's something like mathematical or something like that when you talk to other people who are passionate about it That's great. But then if you take it into any other context like I'm, I'm glad you're passionate about it It's similar to the artistry thing. It's the same thing here. So this particular thing, it's math and magic go hand in hand (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is the sort of thing your maths teacher would throw at you when exactly. you were young at school to try and get you to do maths This yeah. is absolutely the thing
1: Proper algebra, exactly that So individuals learn to break down natural phenomena into their core numerical components And through manipulating them, alter reality on a whim So, cool to an extent But compared to the time Law hold bit of the this thing This is like Well actually you got to follow This certain procedure In this certain way Otherwise you just get chaos You know Like it's very precise This is the image I appreciate this is my image Of how people do maths Like I didn't do maths At university Or at A level But that's how I see it All this time
0: I say um, This doesn't You're not giving the impression Of somebody who enjoyed maths At school You know You
1: don't see I, the joy In numbers and... I, I was good at it But I I got to the point where I was like, do I need this? Do I need trigonometry when I'm in, in the real world? Turns out I don't. So I I <laughs> I, I feel I won. I, I think I did something great there. But obviously, if you enjoy math, that's totally fine. That is, that's one of the things. Like, hey, it gets it gets people through life. And some <laughs> some people have to pay other people to do the maths for them. So I mean, <laughs> it's way. very true. But yes, so their talents range from the tangible physics, like multiplying plant growth and redistributing elements of probability, to uh, warping uh, bizarrely theoretical exercises that warp the fundamentals of space and self. So it's very grand, uh, like sort of over the top, sort of like things. But ultimately, there is a, a proper working brain behind it. There's almost like a computer computing side to it. So yes, exactly that. Your master in magical form is what we see here and again starts off quite simply enough you've got spells all these spells are very interesting I think they are definitely science and and sort of nature but sort of almost calculatedly so so you get stuff like guidance sort of working out the probability of making sure you get the good probability to do something Uh, guiding bolt guiding you to the right thing I think you got stuff like enlarge, reduce, uh, aura of vitality, freedom of movement, pass wall, all these sort of things where you get at later levels as well, which I think, you know, it makes sense that this sort of mm-hmm. uh, a ma- mage of this college would have. And then you have functions of probability Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: this is where it starts to get
0: very mathematical. Come on, give
1: yeah. it a go. Okay. So, by iterating on the mathematical patterns of reality, you can nudge chance to tilting around a creature. So, uh, when you cast a, a spell using a spell slot that targets at least one creature, you can choose that creature or another creature within 30 feet, including yourself, and add one of the following effects. And so, you have diminishing function and supplemental function. And this is quite cool, I do think this is quite cool, but as we'll go on to it, when I've read these aloud, I'm like, God, you have to remember quite a lot. And certainly with this class, I think there is a lot of dice rolling and mm-hmm. a lot of like a sudden last minute going, oh, you need to do this because I've done yep. this. A lot of interruption on this point. Yeah. So yeah, so diminishing function is that the chosen creature must save on a wisdom saving throw or the creature must roll a d6 and subtract the number rolled from the next attack roll at this before the start of their turn. So if they're multi attacking, they get the chance that they might not hit even more because that probability has sort of worked against them. On the other side, on the flip side, you've got before the start of your next turn, the chosen creature can roll at D6 and add that number to an attack roll or a saving throw of its choice. And you have to you can roll it once you've rolled your D20, but not before you know the results, which totally makes sense. But again, it is that sort of thing where it's like every every time you use this, because this is a it's an action or a bonus action, really, if you're using a spell slot of some sort, I guess, depending on what it is. You can t- sort of tilting that probability against you or for you or for another creature. It's quite interesting, I guess. But again, it's a lot of dice rolling, and it's a d6. I don't remember if this, if this increases as it as you go up for the higher no, this levels. this one
0: doesn't actually, that's yeah. it, which is interesting. Anything that doesn't increase, you can see becoming an issue later. There's there's other classes with that. I think that's a little bit of the problem where mm. like like Kensai monks with the d4 on on weapon damage and and other bits and pieces. You see through it where yeah, you, you want to see a bit of progression. And a D6 may not be as useful at level 20 as it is at level 1, where it absolutely would be very, Mm. very useful. Yeah, totally get you.
1: So then we move on to velocity shift. And again, a very interesting one. So you manipulate kinetic formulas and alter the velocity of another creature. So when a creature starts its turn or moves to a space within 30 feet of you, you can use your reaction to force a creature to make charisma saving throw or uh, against your sieve, which you can choose to fail. So it can be not the enemy, but it can also be a, a target creature, an ally, sorry. And then you can move them to an unoccupied space of your choice within 30 feet. So the fact you could move your friends around the battlefield or out of the battle Depending on using your reaction, it's pretty powerful. But also having something running towards you, you go oh no, and then moving them back. Oh no, <laughs> go away or past you perhaps so they don't hit you. That is, it's quite a cool little thing to be to do that, and you use that as many times as you have proficiency as well. So you can use that up to five times depending on where you get it to and what here probably three at level six i guess i can't remember off the top yeah. of my head i quite like that to be able to move people and sort of shift them out of the way or shift them into into battle like i can imagine this moving someone like you said like an enemy that's going towards you just shifting it to the big barbarian that's just over there just like oh you can go fight them instead <laughs>
0: like, yeah exactly exactly and charisma saving fair is not often you see those so The AI tends not to have as good a charisma saving throw as other things, but weird one that because to move within a space 30 feet of you and then shifting it to another space within 30 feet of you, you feel like if an enemy is running at you Mm. and you say, okay, now you're the other side of me, they turn around and go, okay, and just run at you again. So Mm. it's very circumstantial. You'd have to put them behind an, uh, an ally or over a pit. Or behind a yeah, door or something Difficult like,
1: to rain in some way Or yeah, through, through things that they can't necessarily They have to use more of their movement to get to you perhaps Yeah, yeah. definitely Then you have null equation Beset your enemies with abstract equations that reduce their might Yep Just <laughs> give them
0: maths problems until they cry That seems to be the thing
1: Yeah, so forcing them to make a constitution saving throw against your spell safety C on a failure The creature has disadvantage on strengths and dexterity saving throws And its weapon attacks only deal half damage This effect, alas, to the start of your next turn That's pretty powerful Like It's not like Mm. you're taking a dice roll away from their attacks It is just half damage, straight And I assume that affects if it's like a magic weapon That has, if it deals sort of like the normal bludgeoning, slashing and piercing damage But also something else on top I just assume that's all halved according to
0: this i'm not entirely sure yeah weapon attack so i mean that's absolutely that and you combine that with the diminishing function or the supplemental function from the previous abilities and you've got quite a powerful combo going on there they're definitely like they just these guys seem to be messing with other people lots of lots of debuffs and 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 hurting things that the ai is not going to ai the the npcs are not
1: going to like Exactly. And then finally, quantum tunneling. Again, (laughs) these class names are great. Your mathematical expertise extends to alternate the foundational equations of your very being, and you gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing and slashing damage from normal weapons, I will say, not from non-magical weapons, if I guess if it's a plus one or something like that, then see,
0: it's- that's interesting. I I read that as just blood jamming, piercing, and slashing. It doesn't actually say anything oh, you to do think? with magical weapons. Yeah, I Ooh. think this is like a barbarian, so you get it. For everybody, oh, oh my god, yeah, that's, yeah, that's intense, isn't it? It's that's pretty good. You get the ability of a barbarian ability on top of everything else.
1: And with, along with this quantum tunneling, you can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain, but you would take a, it a D10 of force damage through every five feet you move through someone. Uh, so you can't necessarily just like zip through people just because you fancy it. It does take damage. But the fact that, again, there's a big crowded corridor and you're trying to get through something and get through sort of that like, you can easily do it, but it will take up more of your movement and you'll take damage from it. So it is a high cost, but high reward, I think, at that point, because you just like... You, you know you can move out and you've got the hit points hopefully to do it again if you're a wizard or a sorcerer maybe 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 you don't i don't mm. know but yeah
0: it, it, it seems like a lot of damage to to move through things like that especially because there's a lot of other abilities that we've just seen with like the lightning zipping and stuff where mm. you can just move through things at will so the idea that you take force damage for just moving through a door or a wall or something that's a
1: that's tough yeah Ryan, enough of magic, enough of magic, enough of maths Of maths, of maths. I was no going to say
0: magic, there's lots more magic
1: Shut the maths textbook, put that away to never be seen again from A-level, uh, sixth form, college I hear words are in, right, I hear, <laughs> it's all about that English department, right
0: Different books, we're a we're different sort of books like smart now, aren't we, we're, exactly. yeah, Absolutely
1: so yes, yeah, so the mages of silver quill. I, again, I see this as the English college or the the, the reading, so where it's all about the power of words, and they channel magic of light and shadow through words, whether spoken aloud or written or signed through gestures. It's quite a short one, actually. Look at it. They bring their salvation to their allies and despair to their enemies. So again, in my head, thinking of it like almost like when people read their poetry out at a poetry night, or uh, you know, or reading their like the chapter of their book. That's how I imagine these people to be. Less so much on the creative side, but more sort of, I guess, pompous in a way, or pretentious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I went to St. Andrews, so there's definitely I definitely feel vibes <laughs> of this scene. <here. laughs>
0: I absolutely it's just I, mean, I, I feel like these are all poets and yeah. they they love what they you know or, or, or politics students that's what it is oh
1: yeah, yeah like
0: like politics students who, who know they're going into the civil service and that's fine
1: so for this class you can if you're a bard warlock or wizard again so again uh, classes that are definitely going to be using their words or, you, or getting sort of knowledge from that and then using the spoken words. So I love the idea of politics students. Actually, That'd be really cool. So again, having a, maybe um, a wizard that's going into politics has come from this particular class. Oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have stuff like uh, so right at the beginning, you've got eloquent apprentice, so again, getting some cantrips and all that sort of thing and uh, getting proficiency in spells silvery barbs a very interesting class feature you invoke words laced with magic to demoralize your foes and turn their misfortune into a boon to bolster your allies this is a very long one <laughs> yeah i just sorry
0: just even that sentence it's it's just like you watch something bad happen to somebody and that bolsters you you yeah. you take pride in that i love that idea
1: that sort of schadenfreude sort of thing that you take yeah from a battle. absolutely yeah. so when a creature uh, it succeeds on an attack roll within 60 feet of you, so quite, you know, quite far away from you, you can use your reaction to demoralize that creature. Unless the creature is immune to being charmed, it re-rolls the d20 and must use the lower roll. If it then fails, you can choose a different creature within 60 feet, including yourself, and then you are empowered and can re-roll one attack, one ability check, or one saving throw if you make within one minute and use the higher result. So taking that that look, that almost sort of thing, and using it for yourself. It's pretty, like, again, I love the image of that, but that's a lot to remember constantly. Like, do this. Now that you've done that, I must do this, and all that sort of thing. And it's like, again, picking at the chances that you can. I feel like with well, this, there's a lot of interruptions that could happen during the fight, and maybe a lot of admin that happens during combat. Mm-hmm.
0: But effectively, it's like imposing a different version of disadvantage on somebody, and they yes. don't get to save against it. It's, no. It's amazing. As long as they are not immune to charm. So they have to take the beautiful insults that you hurl as them, This specifically (laughs) the ability for the PC to come up with some creative dad jokes Mm. or whatever it may be to, you know, person falls flat sort of thing. But it's very powerful, very, very powerful. And plus it only actually triggers as having gone off when somebody fails a saving throw. Yeah. Or ability check or an attack roll or something. So you can use it as many times as you want until then. And then you get to use it again Either a long rest, or unless you spend a spell slot at yeah. any level, so you can
1: just use it over and over again to really demoralize all the people on the battlefield. Yeah, that that I thought that was interesting. I I felt like the spell slot stuff. I I guess I guess in in the actual battles, stuff, you'll be busy like shooting spells out, perhaps maybe you're conserving them a little bit. But yeah, I did think that was interesting. It's either it's like oh long rest, okay sure, or, or spell will be spell slots and like really get them to really fail on their uh, on their checks and stuff. I just thought that was yeah really really cool. And then moving on, we've got Inky Shroud. You learn the darkness spell if you've not got it already. But when you cast the spell in this way, you can see through the darkness. You're not blind to it. And when a creature you can see starts its turn in the darkness, you deal 2d10 psychic damage to that creature. Which, again, I love that, again, going back to that political idea that you sort of brought up, the idea you have these whispers and all that sort of thing, and like you're in the dark and you don't know anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all that sort of thing, that the sort of power over these early, you know, people in the dark, uh, giving 2D10 as well mm. is quite a, quite a bit, and psychic damage as well.
0: You're going to be doing nothing but filing for the rest of your life. Uh... No! <laughs> 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 definitely definitely but being able to see through magical darkness is a huge advantage like we've definitely i think we've spoken about this before in either campaigns or on other episodes where giving people blindness and then being able to see through it is like advantage on all attacks it, it's amazingly yeah. powerful Now moving
1: on we've got uh, infusion of eloquence you can invoke additional words of power to change the space the spell damage type to your choice of psychic or radiant and any creature damaged by the spell takes on extra damage equal to your proficiency bonus and has its motions swayed by despair or adoration depending on the damage type so if it's psychic your creature will be frightened of you till the start of your next turn or radiant the creature is charmed by you to the start of your next turn and again i'm just thinking now that political thing is like you've been hit by them go, oh,
0: but they're so dreamy oh. <laughs> That they just threw a fireball at me, but they're. Wow. It
1: what a guy. they so beautiful. <laughs> Proper, proper Gaston. That's what I'm thinking now. When you do that. Oh. oh my
0: God! Yes, yes. Gaston Bard. Oh my goodness! I now want to do this on some <laughs> sort of one shot, and then just say, "Oh, you're fighting me. Are you now? You're charmed. Now you're charmed.
1: Oh. and then just, just, you know, just go away. Just, just, just be worship me. That's totally fine. Just worship, grovel, kneel, etc. Uh, yep. And then finally, word of power. You invoke. Oh. <laughs> That's the word. Just me. me. <laughs> my name. My name. Uh, you can evoke a word of power that is the pinnacle of your magical study. And you gain the following options. You've got a deadly despair... And selfless invocation. So again, this works with your with other features that you've got coming up. So what the target of your silvery barb, so that thing before with the getting them to re-roll their twenty, and then if they fail, you get that twenty yourself. You can invoke a word of despair to give the target a vulnerability to one damage type of your choice until the start of next turn. So if you know that the creature uh, you're demoralizing has a certain weakness, has a certain resistance, perhaps maybe changing it into a weakness, or if it's a damage type you Know, other players have that they can deal mm. out, changing that and giving them that for at least a turn is pretty, pretty powerful. So, again, so it's like almost like the buffing and debuffing at all at the same time, which I really like. And then you've got selfless implication. Within 60 feet, if a creature that you can see takes damage, you can invoke a word of power using your reaction to grant that creature resistance to that damage type. And you take that amount of psychic damage equal to the damage that creates. So, almost like sort of a transferal link, getting that damage comes in as they mm. take resistance to it as well. I quite like that as a result.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I think there are other spells like that with sort of shield spells where you get to absorb damage from people and, and sort of do it that way. But yeah, that's um, very, very handy because it actually says resistance to that damage. So, it doesn't matter what type of damage it is, it just, yeah. it just, it's just. Half damage And then you take that as well So yeah Really really good Unfortunately for wizards Don't tend to have much health So I don't know how useful That would actually be But still quite cool
1: It's still quite cool And there's no limit On using those ones either They're just your reaction Or your You know Or adding something to it You don't have to use it Per proficiency bonus Or once per long rest Which I was just like Oh that's quite interesting Because yeah So you could keep Taking damage and damage And hope that somebody Heals you up Uh, And yeah It doesn't have to change On each turn either Like some of the other ones From before We've come to the final Final And what I think The coolest college Of the
0: all. Saving the best To last day eh? c-
1: Always Always Ryan I don't know about you But I was certainly A goth in my youth
0: Um. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I was I was very fluffy but I have some pictures of you and I would agree with that statement
1: absolutely so this is the College of Witherbloom they draw their magics from the energies that endlessly flow from life to death and back again this idea that there's a never-ending cycle and that we get our magic from this sort of the power the sort of transition between life and death statuses the duality of thriving life and inevitable death in all things. I guess, because obviously here you can get oh, maybe sort of biology or chemistry or that sort of, you know, the, the start of things and the end of things. But for me, I just see this as a type of, of like, a cliche uh, person, really, rather than a necessary subject. So that's why I was sort of thing goths or uh, emo, that sort of thing, those people who hang around and, like, they're into stuff that's not necessarily academic, but it's stuff that interests them. And it's all about the bigger possibilities, the bigger things, the philosophy of life and, like, oh, What's the point in the end? <laughs> it all comes back to this
0: Yeah, yeah I totally get you It's it's like, yeah, what is the point? What's what's going on here?
1: So it focuses on the vital energies That nurture life and empower others Whilst others embrace the drain of vitality Into, into decay to sap and strike down their foes So looking at the spells you get at level one you got Spare the Dying Which is always a great country. But I always forget about it It's always a really good one Just to stabilise someone So they're not yeah. having to make death saving throws I care
0: about you but not that much You'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine Sleep it off Sleep it off. It's, <laughs> it's the ultimate NPC server and,
1: yeah, and then you get Cure wounds And inflict wounds I think people forget About inflict wounds But it's pretty damaging Certainly at level mm-hmm. Level one it Just really being able is. to Touch someone And it's like 3D10 Uh Inflict wound damage. Essentially, it's pretty, pretty uh, brutal. And then looking at the other ones, you can get you you know you got lesser restoration, but also ray of enfeeblement, revivify, vampiric touch. So again, all these sort of life and death associated spells on top of that. And then you get something also at level one called Essence Tap. As a bonus action, you can draw on a reservoir of life essence to empower yourself for one minute or until you use this feature again. And you gain one of the following benefits. You get either Overgrowth, which uh, as a bonus action on subsequent turns, you can expend one hit die and regain that number of hit points. So that's pretty cool, being able to heal yourself on each turn.
0: Yeah, it's it's short resting whilst also like... Yes Not short resting
1: Yeah absolutely it, It's yeah always useful I think So you're not having to use Like any If you don't have any potions Or anything like Or if people If you don't have necessarily A healer in the party Which you probably should At this point And yeah I, I'm sorry I'm, I forgot to mention this But this is just for druids And warlocks So again mm. warlocks If you're sort of the glass cannon On the group You don't have much In terms of hit points Or AC That would be quite useful Yeah
0: yes. yeah absolutely And this is the, the only one I think that wizards can't take Which makes yes. sense Because this has healing in it And I thought Are they going to give wizards The ability to heal And cast Vascular wounds and things No Not this
1: time No The other benefit you can also get Is Withering strike When you deal damage You change that damage type To necrotic And you ignore Resistances to necrotic damage And that's at level one Necrotic damage Again we've talked about this before It's one of the rarer types of damage That you don't necessarily get Until you're later on Or at least when you're fighting it So having it at level one To just dish it out to people Is pretty unlikely to have any resistances to it anyway but then even then when you're fighting later on you're still going to give them it ignores the resistances anyway so that's such a powerful little ability i really like that one
0: it's really cool it's really really awesome i love the idea that you could just cast a fireball see somebody resist it and go okay i'll do it again cast fireball but it becomes sort of like a, a motive like broken black hole that then necrotically just absorbs everything into it and you're like okay yeah that's cool
1: yeah it has to have a skull in there somewhere right it has to skull, (laughs) Skull. get a skull you see
0: I it's with a bloom I always just assumed this was more like sort of Evil mushrooms and and, mm. and sort of like plant growth, maybe.
1: Yeah, okay, I, I do see that. I guess for me, I I, I see this as the silverin College, the like sort of dark and like oh, we're so we're so evil, possibly. Ooh, we don't know. um But yeah, I guess I see like the, the sort of decay of nature, the decay of flowers. Absolutely, I do see that. At level six, you get Withered Bloom Brew. Well, try saying that when you've <laughs> spoken about other four classes for a bit. Um, <laughs> you gain proficiency in herbalism kits, and when you finish a long rest, you can use the herbalism create or pot and cauldron to create a magical brew. You can create a number of brews equal to your proficiency bonus, and each requires its own flask. You don't don't get them for free. No, uh, no,
0: this is, again, it's like you can't summon your companion unless you've got a medium statue next to you. And if you don't have a flask... Tough. Huh. You can just imagine being like, I, I, I go buy a bottle of wine and empty it. It's like it's not a flask; it's a bottle. The refuse. But
1: here, here's the thing, Ryan. I don't know about you, but I have so many metal water bottles around.
0: <laughs>
1: Why don't you just? I, I assume I'm just going to have those.
0: To, you just want to be a major weather bloom, don't you? I can I see you. Yeah, this is just all you need.
1: So each brew you make potency for 24 hours, or then loses it. And for each brew, uh, you don't have to make the same one. You can have one of the following three. So you've got fortifying, quickening, and toxifying. I'll give you a clue. <laughs> it's in the title what each one of them does. Yep. But fortifying gives you uh, a- Builds a thought. Close. Oh, so close. That would be really cool. Ah, you just drink damn. it and you become like a fortnight uh, yeah. shelter. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or just uh, like a
1: house springs up behind you. All three of these brews, you can drink it as an action. I guess for us, because we use the sort of home rule that when you're drinking something yourself, like a potion or whatever, it's usually a bonus action. Here, yeah. it is described as this is an action to use, which I thought was quite interesting. Fortifying is that you quit the brew, you choose a damaged type from cold, fire, necrotic, poison, and radiant. Uh, you gain resistance to that type for at least one minute, or oh, for one hour. Sorry, so that's pretty pretty good oh, if you're whoa. yeah going through a dungeon and you just like you just go quick before the big bottle, drink that up. You can, I guess, yeah, you would use that out of combat, perhaps, maybe if it's for an hour, but I guess, you know, you never you never know when you're going into combat. I, I certainly never know when I'm going into combat. Uh, um, you also, uh, the quickening, you get 2d6 hit points and one disease or condition from the following list uh, ends, which is charmed, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned and stunned. I guess because with those ones, like, you assume someone else is giving a potion to them if they're stunned or paralyzed, yep. can't move at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly it's like I I'm just I'm just my mouth is open and Someone's pouring something in and I'm like Yep sure this is fine
1: And then toxifying you apply this Brew to a simple martial weapon you don't drink It um, <laughs> When you hit the creature within the next hour It takes 1d6 poison damage And must succeed on a constitution saving throw Or be poisoned for a minute so that's quite good In that sense again preparing for the battle Maybe just oiling up your, your various devices And then hitting them and I guess it's For an hour, it's not the next attack roll, it's just for all your attack rolls are gonna get a d6 onto top of that. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good. And then finally, we've got Witherbloom Adept. Once per turn, when you deal necrotic damage, which presumably you will be doing with that, uh, that other feature from earlier, the Withering Strike, the target of your spell takes additional damage or regains additional hit points equal to your proficiency bonus. So again, you could attack one of your allies. Oh, not attack, probably healing. That makes more sense. Uh, <laughs> healing them so that they get more hit points back in some way. So that's pretty cool. And then finally, Withering Vortex.
0: Oh, Withering Vortex. That just sounds amazing, doesn't it?
1: It just, it just feel like you're like the big bad at the end. You just have the time vortex behind you. That sort of like yeah. big, cool battle. Yeah, totally. Uh, when you cast a spell, de- it was using a spell slot that deals necrotic damage to any number of creatures that aren't undead or constructs. Choose uh, one of those creatures that took damage. You drain an amount of life energy equal to half that damage dealt to the chosen creature. A creature other than yourself you can see within 30 feet, regains that number of hit points to the life energy drain. So pretty much like a mass uh, absorb, like uh, Odish does in uh, Pokemon, but instead of to you, it goes to somebody else. So again, yeah. that's the yeah. idea of the tethering, but to somebody else, and just being able to pull energy to, from one person to another is, yeah. oh, what yeah. a cool idea.
0: The simplest way to think about that is, say, you blight somebody, so it does, because you're a warlock, 10d8 damage, You've used your witherbluen adept to get a little bit more proficiency damage. You take half the blight damage and heal one of your allies with it. So you just suck the life out of somebody and go straight into somebody else. I didn't want that.
1: That's someone else's blood. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that potential, the life potential, is just oh, yeah. amazing.
0: Amazing. Yeah, totally. I mean, there are some amazing sort of images that go with that class. It's it's, it's very cool, very goth as you say, almost vampiric in a sort of way, isn't it? Like very, very spooky. But I think there are some amazing options here. And just the ability to use them with different classes Mm -hmm. as well. Just each one of these subclasses could be totally different. Like even that Witherbloom one, you could imagine this. If you're playing a warlock, then I think this counts as, I'm just going to double check this. Um, It is a patron. So warlock could still be a... Packed at the blade on top of that So you could go up and hit people Or it could be packed at the tome Whatever it might be And still be a Witherbloom adept But then the Druid equally could could just Like for any number of of high level Druid spells That do very similar things I mean this is It's very cool Very very
1: cool It's a really well realised the idea of a college system or a university that you have all these different elements that make up a university or a higher education sort of thing. And it's so cool that you can, you know, within the certain uh, the classes that you have, you can, really customizing it right down like it does say like right at the beginning if you're a druid yeah you just make it as your 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 discipline essentially and you, it's up to you how you do it is it something that you you learned and you just you've just graduated or is it something like oh i'll just take an evening class or something like that which again that's sort of <laughs> an idea evening class yeah <laughs> that's
0: the difference isn't it like a full-time college degree is the wizard and an evening class is the sorcerer <laughs> if they just rock up and they're like oh you mean that like this oh.
1: <laughs> oh, they're naturally gifted. They've already done something else. And then I, I, I guess I should, I guess I should sit in the class with the other, with the other undergraduates. And you are the postgraduate or the mature student just sort of sat there, just like, yeah. Yeah. I know all this. I don't I, I need to I worry know. about this.
0: The gifted and talented walks in and you're like, oh no, right. Here we go. They're gonna take in and win all of these contests and just flourish with their their all this sort of stuff. And I've mm-hmm. been having to study for this exam for weeks and it's not getting anywhere oh man no this is really good options I, I think that you could chuck obviously Strixhaven is a specific college but as I say you you replace the name replace the destination don't even have a college you could have different as I say different ideas of like yeah. universities schools guilds that teach this sort of stuff and and yeah maybe even like a cultural thing in an empire or, or within a kingdom of some kind and yeah. throw it in that way
1: yeah, like I love the idea. Yeah, you don't have the overarching of strict, strict. Oh my God, strict haven. Ugh. um, But you, <laughs> you but you had the five colleges, and then maybe you have your own version of a tri-wizard tournament where they all come together or something like that. And, oh or, my goodness! You know, yeah. like it, it's there's so many options here, and I absolutely like. I think I was so surprised because obviously this feels it is very new. It is of this year, and it feels so well realized. And like myself, like obviously, Andrews didn't have a college system, but obviously Durham. Oxford Cambridge they they all have this idea that you are part of a system and it's a, you know, it's a belonging this is where you're with your tribe etc so the idea that you have how this is just our version of houses essentially like you are part of these things and I just I just feel so very, very realized because they're all very distinctly different but none of them I would say are this is good this is evil compared to say the Harry Potter ones where it's like oh well Slytherin they're ambitious and they're definitely evil and you're like you don't have to be evil to be ambitious. You could just be career driven. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That is evil. That is evil. Career driven is evil. As we all know, you know, corporate,
1: corporate, corporate. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yes. My patron is actually the state, <laughs> the man. <laughs> I about that, draw I, my energy I, from the man i yeah. feel
1: like if because of your politician's side, that like, sil- uh, silver quill is probably the evil one then i think we should flip it on its head and dude like it is definitely the politician's uh, sort of way of speaking like oh yeah all, the, all those politicians go to silver quill
0: mm. absolutely absolutely i'm just having to like double check now yeah warlocks see warlocks can be silver quill so you absolutely could have <gasps> your patron as just the authorities like, yes, I'm going to grass on you. Nah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for that. That was that was no a worries. very, very, very fun group of rules. What can we be finding you up to? What's going on in your life? And more importantly, is it going
1: well? Ryan, it's always going well. Um, <laughs> My name is Fiona, I run the What Am I Rolling podcast, which is a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, and as I've just said, it's going well. Um, I did a stream of a female horror RPG called Bluebeard's Bride, where essentially uh, five players are playing different aspects of a bride in Bluebeard's house, and if you've heard the fairy tale of Bluebeard, uh, he's not a nice guy. Uh, He kills his wives. Uh, So Yeah. so um it was them exploring this huge house which i had to make on the fly and sort of um, hone in on the different horrors that they all sort of described in the character creation and it went very very well and that will be up soon it's already online so if you want to check that out check out the live stream on the drunken Ooh, storyteller podcast uh yes yeah, so that's very good i'm also i'm doing stuff which i can't talk about on the podcast which is very exciting i actually had to sign an nda Yesterday, uh, oh, I know. I feel I feel almost amazed, but also like, oh no, an imposter. Uh, but I'll be doing some writing stuff in the near future for certain things. Amazing! Um, that's yeah. awesome. So that's very good. Uh, the final thing I will to quickly talk about, because I never remember to uh, to plug it, is uh, we've got an offer code at Third Space Gaming in Burnley. Uh, so you can get ten percent off using the offer code DMBC at checkout, and you can spend that on anything you want. Any new books? Maybe you want to pre-order the new Strixhaven or the sort of the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, or Terrain, or Warhammer. Give them a chat. They're lovely, uh, Burnley. I mean, home, my my home. <laughs> I've not been back yep. for many years, but <laughs> hey, go support your local game GameStop. But Ryan, Ryan, what are you up to, man? I I hear you've done some amazing stuff on on Civ recently, and you've you've actually made a milestone. You got yeah, like we yeah, we just
0: we just hit five thousand subscribers, which Woo-hoo! is very cool. Yeah, it's, it's nuts when you look back. Yeah, it, things are going good. I've actually been spending a lot of time on the Discord, which you definitely should come to the S Around Discord. We've been reformatting things. I think we've got nine hundred people there now which is quite exciting so I know it's absolutely nuts but you <laughs> should come and actually bring some d d conversation to the chat because there's a lot of d d nerds in the group and we do like to talk about things from time to time so do you come and, and say hello and, and show your your magical college-based wizardry or or druid you know six haven abilities. I'd love to hear. If you guys do manage to have a go with them. Like actually come and give your experiences with it because it'd Absolutely. be really interesting to see how well this sort of stuff goes. I, I would be really interested to hear actually about if a group of people went that were all the same college but different classes to see how it changed and if it was any different. Cause I, I could cool. see there being some really cool combos there.
1: Definitely. Oh yeah, I, I would love to see like almost like a wizard duel with all each of the different colleges having a designated champion and having having the sort of PvP sort of yep. version of it. That'd be quite
0: cool. wizard duel. Wizard duel. Amazing, <laughs> amazing stuff. But yeah, come come and say hi, and it'll be brilliant to see you. But you will have to wait to hear us again until the next episode. Until then, we shall see you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>